Schools of Prayer, a podcast series looking at Catholic religious communities and how they pray. Our introduction comes from Sister Gemma Simmons from the Congregation of Jesus. During this series, we're going to hear people talking from the different traditions and styles of prayer that have arisen during the Church's history. There is no better or worse style of prayer. A famous writer about the spiritual life once wrote, Pray as you can, not as you can't. Prayer is the expression of our relationship with God. So above all, we relate to God best in ways that suit our character and our way of life. Some people think that prayer is about spending long hours in silence and contemplation in a darkened church or some other special place of spiritual beauty. This can be a wonderful experience, of course, but it's one that isn't easily available to busy mothers with small children or people whose jobs keep them on the road or the sick and housebound. How we relate to God is very similar to how we relate to the other people in our lives. We don't spend long hours staring at them in awe and wonder, nor do we only relate to them when we're having special time together. Wives and husbands, friends and relatives are in relationship with each other when they're preparing or eating a meal together, going for walks or doing the shopping together, chatting quickly on the phone or texting. It's these little snippets of ordinary time or these longer periods of just getting on with life, as well as special quality time, that make up the relationship. The same happens with God. We certainly need time to focus on God, on praising, thanking and worshipping him, or asking for our daily needs, or laying our anxieties, hopes and fears before the one whom we know loves us more than we love ourselves. But above all, prayer is the development of an attitude of mind and heart that says that there's no part of our lives where God doesn't belong. Prayer is not something we do for God. It's something God does for us. Prayer isn't a performance-related exercise where we get good marks for getting it right. In that sense, there's no right to get. We may be tormented by distractions. We settle down to pray, waiting to give God our full attention, only for our minds to be flooded with mental junk, background noise and interference from anxieties about what has to be done, what's been happening or what might happen. God understands this and isn't worried about it. Julian of Norwich, a great British mystic, once said that God is grateful when we remember him. Just having a sense that God is there, that we want God to be part of our lives and that we know that every little detail of our life is interesting to God and can be offered up as a prayer, will help us to live prayerfully. We learn to allow God to give us what prayer God gives, even if it feels a pretty poor show, and to be faithful to it. Another great spiritual writer talked about the sacrament of the present moment. This is about living in the present, not in regrets about the past or fantasies about the future, and about offering up each present moment to God, even if we can't necessarily think consciously about God every minute. 
we do, after all, have to concentrate on what's in front of us, or our lives would get in an awful muddle. Prayer happens at the level of the mind and the heart and the will. There are times when we can concentrate and use our minds to think about God, as when we pray the prayer of the church, reciting psalms and listening to readings, or when we join with others in liturgical prayer. We may be spending time with a scripture passage or some other reading, or a picture or piece of music, and we consciously use this to help us enter into God's presence and focus all our mind and heart on God. There may be times when God touches our heart and gives us the gift of great desire for him or for things that lead us towards God. We don't tell God what we want because we think God doesn't know. We tell God of our deepest desires because that's a way for those desires to grow and mature within us. It may be a fleeting moment of joy, of thankfulness or of sorrow. Or it may be a sustained sense of our longing for God's presence. Either way, the prayer of the heart is true prayer, however long it lasts. Finally, there's prayer of the will. In our ordinary relationships, we don't only think we're relating to somebody when we feel it. We care for our spouses, our children, parents and friends and loved ones, even when we're just going about the ordinary tasks of life and not thinking about them particularly at all. The same is true of God. Some very great saints, like Teresa of Calcutta and Thérèse of Lisieux, spent long years of their lives in darkness without any sense of God's presence. They battled with the fear and loneliness and depression that this can bring. But each day they continued to place their will in God's hands and live their lives for God as best they could. Many human relationships are characterised by that kind of faithfulness. We care for our loved ones who are sick, or who perhaps for some other reason are not responsive in the way that we would like, but we continue to offer them our faithful love and service and companionship, and in that way we continue to grow in loving kindness and in commitment to that relationship. We hope that engaging with this series, you'll be encouraged to pray every day and to discover that you are, in fact, already praying more than you think. The Holy Spirit is already praying in each of us in a way that's beyond thoughts and words. We have God's word on that. Amen.